Hello, welcome to Creative Catch-Up, a podcast where myself, Natasha Newton, artist and illustrator, and me, Mel Chadwick, illustrator and designer, will be chatting about running a creative business. Each episode, we'll be diving into a different topic that has come up in our own creative practice. We'll be sharing our experiences, both the ups and downs, struggles and successes, and hopefully give some advice that you'll also find useful. So join us for episode nine as we share advice we would give our younger selves. Hi, Natasha. Hi, Mel. So today we are going to be talking. Actually, we're going to be sharing advice that we'd give to our younger selves. Also, Natasha, I can't believe we're on episode nine now. I know this is crazy it's gone so quickly hasn't it yeah and we've been able to ask (laughs) and and talk about so many different subjects so I just think this is a great one though today because we'll get to maybe share things um, that we would have liked to have heard when you were younger and I'm really interested to hear what you have to say and hopefully everyone who's listening will enjoy what we've got to say today as well so I'll start with my first one and that would be to persevere with an idea and see it through. So yeah, very important. (laughs) Yeah, I, I find that I would start something and I'd have lots of grand ideas and plans and kind of think, oh, this could be really good. And then as soon as I hit the first hurdle, I would like just give up and just think this is too hard I can't do it and then and then I would just say this sounds very familiar (laughs) I could actually have written this one myself yeah this is a good one (laughs) yeah continue Mel sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you no no, it's right (laughs) no and so I would easily just yeah move on to the next one and it's only come with you know having worked on my business for how many years it has been since I graduated, probably 18 years ago now, um, that I've realised that sometimes you just have to persevere with an idea. And some people say, well, how do you know if the idea is any good or not? Well, the fact is you can't actually, you won't know that until you actually see an idea through and you stick to it and you see it through to the end. And I think sometimes you actually just have to give yourself time to do that. So whether maybe that would be a better way is to put a time on it. So you say, right, I'm going to stick at this for six months or a year. And then I'll, if I consistently do this, you know, give it a really good bit of time and then see at the end of that time, once you've gone through some of maybe difficulties or work some things out, you are then in a better place to actually say, well, this is good or this didn't work. And you're just in a much better place, I think, if you actually give something time than, say, if you only stick at something for a few weeks. Yeah, I think this is very good, giving it a time frame or a time scale and um, and sticking to that just to see it through because it's very tempting when you start something, like you're really excited at the beginning, well, I am. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then, like you say, you hit some part of it that's not going as well as you'd hoped or is a bit difficult, and then you just kind of lose interest. Yeah. And this is a real problem, yeah, and then you just move on to the next thing. I think I have had many projects like this throughout my 
career where I've just given up on them. And it does make you wonder, you know, if you'd stuck at them, what would have happened? Where would we be with them? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And, and that's what I've done with um, my illustration. So when I started illustrating in 2012, um, I decided I need to, I really need to persevere with this and stick at it. And there was a time when I was thinking, oh, this is too hard. I can't do this. But actually, my husband reminded me, he was like, well, you always seem to have these good ideas, but are you going <laughs> to stick with it this time? And so, yeah, I've, I've stuck with it and I've seen there are gains to be made if you just stick consistently with something. Yeah, a bit of tough love from Tony mm-hmm. there. Yeah, tough love, Tony. <laughs> I like that. Tough Tony. Tell him that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, how about you, Natasha? What What's your first piece of advice okay well this one is quite general but it's worry less because I have been such a worrier my entire life I mean even when I was a kid I was a worrier (laughs) and um, and this has been something that I think has been really limiting for me because I will often think of something fantastic Um, like a fantastic project or something I can do and then I'll come up with all of the things that could possibly go wrong yeah (laughs) and I can kind of talk myself out of doing something before I even have properly started it so yeah so worrying less is would be huge because obviously that plays into everything as well like um when I am going through a time where I'm worrying a lot, I don't sleep very well. So that also has a knock-on effect to my productivity like the next day. And yeah, I don't know how you worry less. I, I was going to say, t- have you worked out a way to worry less? <laughs> uh, in some ways, in some ways, yes, because I actually feel like I I care a little bit less now about what people think think I haven't completely managed to <laughs> to get over it entirely but I think a lot of my worries were about you know if I do this what's somebody else going to think about that and um you know always worrying about how I don't know you're being seen by other people or something as well as just being a worrier about things like um financial stuff and you know oh, all sorts of things Anyway, so yeah, it, my advice would be to to worry less. I don't know how you achieve that. I think sometimes it comes with age. I think as you gain more experience and you get a little bit older, you worry. There are fewer things that you worry about. The, you know, the type of things you were worrying about when you were a teenager are different to the things you worry about when you're 40, for example. And yeah, I think some of it comes with age and experience. But yeah, if anyone has any tips for how to worry less, I would I would love to hear them. Yeah. And also, I guess worry isn't going to add anything, is it, to your life? It's not going to... It doesn't, no. It's pointless. Yeah, it's not going to change anything, is it? No, ultimately it doesn't. It's just really a waste of time and energy. And, and even though my rational brain knows that. Yeah. I'm still a worrier. Yeah. <laughs> what can you do? <laughs> Stop worrying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I need you to tell me yeah. off. That's <laughs> Just tell me off whenever I do it, Mel. That'll be, that'll be a start. <laughs> oh. 
Okay, right. I want to hear your next one now. Okay, so my next one is say yes to opportunities that are out of your comfort zone or scare you. (laughs) Um, I would often limit myself because um, what I was being asked wasn't in my my scope of work, you know, or I just couldn't see a way how to do it. But I found as I kind of got older and I was you know, opportunities would come my way. And I would think, oh, maybe I could do that. But then rather than actually worry about whether I could or not, I I just decided I just had to do it and then work out the consequences (laughs) or work out how to get my way through it. Because it's, you know, it's, it's a little bit relates to what you said, you know, that you worry about something that you can't take on. But there's nothing worry will worry isn't the answer is it you almost got to kind of just do something about it and test whether you can do it so I've seen it a lot in especially with illustration work and coming in you know I've had clients who will ask for something and I might see a way in which I could do it rather than say no and not have that work I've said yes and then I've worked it out. And I've more than often surprised myself and found a way through it. That's so good to know. Because I, I do, this is another thing that I will do, is limit myself. Because I can't see how I'm going to be able to do something. Yeah. And yeah. that's a real mental block for me. So it's interesting that you say that you take it on anyway, and then you just find a way. Yes. And, and when you do, and when you conquer it, and when you've worked a way through that gives you confidence in yourself yeah and it builds that faith inside you you're able to do it so it means then your mindset mindset is it feels more comfortable when you're in an awkward situation or when you've been asked to do something you wouldn't normally do because you've had the experience of doing it before yeah, so it's really valuable in that way, isn't it? Because if you never push yourself out of your comfort zone, then you're probably, you know, you're not experiencing new things. You're not going to build that confidence. Yeah. So it's by doing difficult things that, that you build the confidence. Interesting. Yeah, that's definitely also one I could, I think, apply to myself. Yeah. Yeah. So your, what's your next bit of advice? Um, ah, yes. My uh, number two was to have more faith in myself, know my worth and don't let other people project their fears or insecurities onto me, which in turn holds me back from doing the things I want to do. So <laughs> this, this links again. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think when I was younger, I used to share what I wanted to do with other people and um, somebody told me not to do this because it's it's not all well you have to choose the people wisely I think who you can find in and you know if you have a plan an exciting plan for something and you share that with them you need to choose somebody who understands where you're coming from yeah and understands what is possible and um, and knows a little bit about the field you're in, you know. So in my case, um, being an artist and illustrator and painting, they need to know a little bit about that because to some people, it seems that perhaps I was doing something completely ridiculous, you know, 
wanting to be an artist you know how on earth are you going to do that yeah yeah and and I would I would feel from some people in my life um years ago not so much now that they either didn't really take me seriously or (laughs) they would be very down on my plans (laughs) I mean I had some very lovely supportive people too which kind of counterbalanced that which was nice but um I think ultimately I needed to have more faith in myself because I would find that other people's opinions, I think that goes back to what I said before as well, would really influence how I thought about myself and my plans. And um, and now I'm a little bit more certain of myself. So even if I encounter some kind of negativity from people if I if I feel in my heart that it's a good idea that I have I will go with it anyway so I've I've learned to kind of sort of tune out those voices so yeah I think that's a big one I think if I'd had more faith in myself and known my worth earlier on in my life I have a feeling I could have achieved much more much sooner but unfortunately I sometimes would listen to other people and if it seemed like they didn't have faith in me it would it would then dent my faith in myself yeah and I think a lot of people will will relate to that and I think you have to realize that people um a lot of the time it is them projecting their fears onto you you know it isn't about what you're doing it's like they can't possibly imagine themselves doing that yes yeah that's very true I mean mean, my my parents I just think about my parents they because they are both teachers they didn't really have any idea what a career in uh, the art world looked like you know they yeah they didn't understand and maybe they still don't understand it I know my dad recently said I don't know how you do it um because because I don't get you know a, a a salary, you know, as, as in I don't get a yeah. salary. It's not a salaried position. I don't get a certain amount. Yeah, it's not secure, yes, is it? in that yeah. sense. And so I'm always, you know, looking for the next job. Or, But then that, to me, is exciting because it's like, well, anything could happen. You know, anything yeah. could come and <laughs> pop into my inbox. And But it, I felt like I had to push against it because I could so easily have gone down the track of becoming a teacher um, yeah. And but I felt within me I needed to pursue the art side of it and I wanted that to be the first thing. And yes, I'm doing teaching and we talked a lot about, you know, my teaching in the last episode, but but it ultimately it's the art that is the driver and that is the the thing that I love doing art and the illustration and expressing myself creatively in that way. And you have to really sometimes fight for that, especially if you believe that it's in you and you've got to do it. But it it takes a lot of effort to do that, I think. It does. I think um, it's good that you were able to know your own mind and go for what you wanted, because I think some people are very easily influenced by their family and their parents and that pressure that sometimes parents can put on um their child uh yeah so it is it's you know it's that insecurity thing isn't it it's like they they can't imagine themselves doing it so they're like you know kind of projecting that onto you yeah but fortunately you knew your own mind and you just 
I you know, I was you went for it anyway. <laughs> yes. I think, do you know, it's a great trait to have if you're going to be an artist, because I'm as stubborn as hell. And, <laughs> and this has really, really, it's, it's made me able to progress my career. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have to know what you want and just stick to that and don't be swayed by other people. And that doesn't mean, you know, don't listen to advice. No, it, it, yeah. You know, it's very important to listen to other people's um, advice sometimes. But but you really do have to have a strong will if you want to do this, I think, as a career. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That actually leads into my next, my next one, which is um, <laughs> talk to people and, uh, you know, make friends, not enemies, and collaborate. Ah, oh, yes. I do remember like when I was on the craft circuit, I remember people being very secretive about how they made things or produced things. And yeah, and that really, I don't know. I've encountered this. I really didn't like it. I was like, I'm just trying to be friendly. (laughs) I'm just like, you know, talk to other storeholders. This was like, yeah. And they think you want to steal their ideas. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And I've encountered, I haven't encountered it so much recently but then I'm not really doing um, craft fairs as much. And I didn't encounter it as much um, down here. But yeah, when I first was doing them, you know, quite a while ago, there was just this real kind of tendency to for everyone just to keep all of their things to themselves, you know, their resources or their how they got things made. And I understand it's taken time to to find these things out. But in, in our day and age, when we've got access, we've got so much more access to finding out where things are done and how things are produced. And I just think it makes for a better, though, industry if we're able to share and connect and talk about things. Because by talking and connecting with others, it just helps us realise we're within the same boat. And I think we will do better if we are able to share with each other and talk with each other and see each other as friends, not enemies. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's a real shame when people um, become overly protective of things. You know, what, what's that nice expression? It's something like a, ri- a rising tide lifts all boats yes. or something like that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think people need to to think about that a little bit more because you know yeah like you say you know you were trying to be friendly and they they thought you're there to kind of try and steal their ideas or something and actually you know we can all thrive you know and it's great to one of the lovely things about what we do is the fact that we can share our experiences and um and sort of tips and advice on all sorts of things you know, whether that's, you know, how to market your work or, or, you know, your techniques or even the art materials you use. Yeah. You know, it's lovely to, to be able to share. I've had this experience too, um, a few years ago now. I, um, loved somebody's work and I, I kind of asked, you know, where she got something made because my, my style was completely different to hers. So I wouldn't be in direct competition, um, and I just wanted to know, you know, as because people have asked me, you know, where do you get your prints made and where do you go to do this and where do you get this from? And I will share that information. But when I asked her, she was like, um, I'm not going to tell you. I'm sure you understand, you know, that it's taken me a while to find my supplier. And, 
you know, I don't want to share that with you. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> I know, it's so, it's really odd, isn't it? Because you just think if you shared that info, the supplier then would get more business, possibly. Yeah. And we're not all in competition with each other. No. You know, if you do, if you make completely different work from somebody, um, I mean, obviously it's a completely different thing. If somebody is ripping off your work, this is a whole other subject. But, um, you know, we're all artists or, or makers and we're all in this together. And I think sharing our resources, it can only be a good thing. You know, we want to, I mean, I like to see everyone thriving. I don't want to be the only one who's thriving, you know. I want everybody to um, to do well, so, yeah. Okay, Natasha, what's your next gem? It was to be willing to take risks and to go for what I want earlier rather than hesitating and losing time. So I think it goes back maybe to this worry thing as well and... Um, the fact that I will always talk myself out of doing certain things or it takes me forever to get around to them. Um, so I think that when you're in the kind of uh, career or business that we are in, you do need to be willing to take risks, whether that's a slight financial risk or whether it's a risk in changing direction with your work, if that's what you feel you want to do. Um, yeah. I I, th I think this is, is something that you need to do in order to move forward. Um, so you have to become comfortable with an element of risk. Yeah, I just think, you know, you don't have to wait for, for permission. You know, you've got to just, just go ahead and do it. Yeah, and I think that a lot of the time I didn't do this. And I mean, it even comes down to before I became a full-time artist... I actually had other jobs on the side. So I worked in a shop for a long time and it was comfortable. You know, it's like I was earning money <laughs> and I became, you know, even though I wanted to, you know, it would have been my dream to do art full time. I didn't push myself enough to make that happen sooner because I was always really scared. I kept thinking, but if I give up this job and I'm just relying upon my art earnings you know what happens if I don't earn any money what happens if I suddenly don't sell anything or don't have any commissions and so rather than take that risk and just leap in and do it I actually I I wasted so many years I mean if I'm honest with you I it was literally years that I wasted um I mean, I did enjoy the job, so it had its good, you know, it had its good sides and um, it was nice kind of mixing with people. And I think it, it helped my confidence. I gained confidence because I was dealing with the public all the time. So it, it had its it had its good points for sure. But I know I was very comfortable doing that. And it was just, you know, oh dear, now I'm not going to push myself out of my comfort zone. I'll keep waiting. You know, maybe things will change. Maybe I'll feel more willing to take the risk in a year or two. And so, yeah, I just, I lost time. And I think, you know, you can't get that time back. No. And, and as you get older, you realise that, don't you? Yeah, you do. And I feel now, and it's, but I don't want to live with regret. So I try not to worry about that too much no. and I just think yeah okay I won't do it in the future I'll try to be a little bit braver and take those risks and move on a bit more quickly yeah so I think it's about 
not regretting it, but just learning from it. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to try and do. Yeah, I and mean, don't expect things to be handed to you on a plate, you know, like, you know, you have to almost go and get it, don't you? You have to find the opportunity. You do, yeah. It's not going to fall in your lap. Yeah, I'm, I'm really realising this with things now. It's like for so many years I've wanted to do certain things yeah writing a book um yeah let's just put put it out there what do I want to do okay um I would love to have a wallpaper and fabric range that's another thing and there there are many more but these are two big things I would love to do and I'm realizing that you know it's not just going to fall in my lap I actually need to approach people and I need to go out there and and actually make it happen myself, be really proactive about it rather than waiting for the opportunity to come to me. Okay, so what's your next one? My next one's a bit controversial because I've done it. So anyway, I would say don't go to art school, go to business school. Yes. <laughs> Can I just say yes, yes and yes? <laughs> I, I do think that this is very good advice because as artists, we need to know business Almost as much as we know art, if not more. Yeah, I think people think that we go to art school and we learn all of the business side as well and we learn how to be a, an artist, you know, And but it, it's far from that. It's You just end up, well, some courses probably do do that well. I haven't heard many people talk about it in a positive <laughs> way. Yeah, I, I, I see the benefit of, of being able to experiment and try all sorts of mediums and play and... and be creative but you know it's harder to learn the business of something I think without instruction and I think that may well have been more beneficial yeah. because at the end of the day your art it has to be practiced and the only way you're going to get better at something is to do it consistently over time and no amount of teaching is going to get that across to you unless you actually intentionally do it yourself and you have to have the drive yourself to do that to to practice every yeah. day I mean I think a teacher can definitely inspire you and encourage you and motivate you but you have to grasp that yourself and then when you do that yourself then you will see progress and you will see your art improving but even then one if you're really good at art if you don't know how to sell your work if you don't know how to present your work mm -hmm. or show your work uh, then it's not going to do anything either. So that's where I see that you could have great artists. It could be great artists listening to this, but their work is stuck in a drawer. Yeah, I think there probably are. I think there are more of them than we know. Yeah, mm. <laughs> but but they're not making a living from it because no one is seeing that work. Yeah, Yeah, you have to know how to market it and promote it. And that's something you have to learn and have to, to get over as well because I found the self-promotion part of all of this really difficult at the beginning and in some ways I still do I'm still reluctant to um like if I'm <laughs> I kind of that's another thing about pushing myself so for example if I've got something coming up like you know a new collection of work I need to to tell people about it they're not going to know about it if I'm not posting about it and 
I'm always worried, oh no, I don't want people to think that I'm kind of, I'm being a bit too in their face and yeah, don't want to be sold to all the while, do they? But you do need to get over that feeling of self-consciousness and shyness and just actually learn how to promote your work in a very, very nice way that kind of connects with people. Yeah, that's exactly what you're doing. You're just... Uh, connecting and and letting people know what you do maybe the artwork in itself will inspire people as well okay how about your next one Natasha so it was don't be scared to ask for help when needed and approach people and situations without fear because I think that this has been um a theme (laughs) for me is that I don't really ask for help I'll just try to muddle on on my own and um I've also been very fearful about approaching people like this could be to ask for help or it could be approaching them with my work and just knowing that it's okay if I do get rejected so there was something that happened this week I actually approached a company that I had been wanting to approach for a little while now and I just thought this is this is typical me and taken me years to do it. And so I did it and they actually rejected me. And that happened just this week. So it doesn't matter how established you are <laughs> or how many followers you have. You know, you're still going to get rejected sometimes. And um at first I was surprised because I thought the company were a good fit. But then I was just like, do you know what? It's okay. Yeah. You know, not everyone, for whatever reason, it doesn't mean your work isn't good. No. It just means it's not right for them or not right for them at that particular time. So I've had to, you know, learn this. And I think for years I was terrified of approaching people or companies because I feared the rejection and and what that would do to me mentally and my confidence. But I think now I've got to the stage where I um, am established enough and I know there are enough people who buy my work and love my work and I've done, you know, a certain number of projects and different things that I I kind of think, you know, if, if I have rejection now, it I mean, I won't say that it doesn't knock you back a little bit because it does. Yeah. It does. I mean, any rejection is going to knock you a little bit, but you can look at it from a different place, I think, um, as you become a bit more experienced. And, and it was just like, OK, it's just one thing. And so you let it you just let it go. And it means you can move on to something else as well, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Yeah. And um, <laughs> Dominic said to me, um, well, actually, you know, I think this is a good thing they've said no to you because I actually think that they wouldn't have been right and that something better is around the corner so he has this lovely positive attitude of you know if it doesn't work out it's because there's something better waiting yes and I think that's a good attitude to have isn't it it is yeah so yeah I would have been I would tell my younger self that um you know just ask people for help when you need it and if you there's something you really want to do don't be scared to approach people and ask them and if they reject you then just let it roll off you if we if you choose a career like the one we have you have to get used to that exactly I I think actually I I was it a 
YouTube video that I watched or something where a guy set out to get as many rejections as he could. Oh, did he? So I think he was like really kind of worried about getting rejections and the way that he kind of overcame it was to go and try and get rejections deliberately oh, wow. like in his everyday life so he would you know <laughs> exposure <go in>. therapy <laughs> exactly he kind of like would go into shops knowing that they wouldn't be able to do something for him and ask for them so he could experience someone saying no we you can't have that or no I can't do that yeah that totally desensitizes you then doesn't it yeah, and then it's just, it's more a case of not because they personally don't like you. It's more of a, a yes or no, isn't it? And so you kind of take the fear out of it and the the tension that comes from asking. I think that's a great exercise. I think that's genius. <laughs> well, that I was thinking that and I think maybe that would help, you know, especially if you're writing to art directors or creative directors and you're showing them your portfolio then the more you ask um the more chance you have of rejection but also the the more chance you have is of one of them maybe saying yes and like you say it could be the timing is off they might not want your work then but they may want it six months 12 months later and I know that I've definitely experienced that so what's your next one Mel okay my next one um I'm going to combine my next one. Relax and smile more and don't take yourself so seriously <laughs> that you lose your sense of humour completely. <laughs> did, did you used to do yeah. this then? I didn't know this about you. <laughs> I was very highly strung. I was quite a perfectionist, so if I didn't... <laughs> Were you really? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, definitely with my work, oh, wow. with my work and my attitude to myself... And uh, I used to get quite like um, really annoyed with myself. You know, I would shout shout at myself. I was very critical of myself. So, you know, meeting Tony changed or helped change that in me because he has an amazing sense of humour. He's very good at laughing at me. So it helped me see life in a, in a lighter way. And, and I think it's so important to be able to laugh at your mistakes and, and move forward and um it's not just about going from a to b you know because sometimes you you just think you've got to get from here to there and then you miss you miss the life you miss life because before you realize you know one year two years 10 years have passed and you're still trying to go from a to b and all of that life has passed you and you know if you haven't enjoyed it or yeah you're not enjoying the journey yeah, it's yeah. about trying to celebrate those little moments and those little gains that you make and then you'll probably will appreciate mm, the larger ones yeah. that come by too because if you don't I guess appreciate the smaller gains then when a large thing happens you may completely miss it because you haven't learned how to be appreciative or to yeah be happy or grateful for that yeah yeah and you're missing so much along the way if you're just focused on like you say, getting from one place to another, you you know you're you're just like huge chunks of what you could be enjoying and celebrating are just gone. So yeah, this is very good advice. Yeah, there's and there's no point in getting worked up. You just end up kind of losing again, losing time, and and that will make your art suffer as well because you are not in a good frame of mind to create um, because you're then putting so much 
pressure on yourself that it's just from a place of fear that you're working rather than a place of joy or, you know, enjoying the process. So, yeah, it took a while for that to kind of be dealt with. And I mean, and and actually, if I think about it, it well, going to uni actually probably helped a bit with that because I was able to play a bit and experiment and so maybe maybe in hindsight that was the better thing although I do say go to business school but, <laughs> but you know sometimes everyone's different aren't they and you have to kind of yeah that's why like you say don't have regrets because actually things do happen for a reason and whether whether it's a bad situation out of that bad can come good and you might not know that at the time, but you are probably being shaped because of that yeah. situation and you wouldn't be shaped in that way if you hadn't gone through it. Yeah, and regrets are also, they're like worry, they're completely pointless because you can't do anything about the past. And and it makes me sad when I see people who dwell a lot on their past, say, oh God, if only I'd have done this or done that, my life would have been so different. And it's just, it's a bit self-indulgent. I'm sorry to be harsh, but it is. <laughs> I mean, we all go through those moments when we're a bit self-indulgent, but really what they should be doing is concentrating on the here and now and then the future. Yeah, and what you've got here mm. and now, what you yeah. have in front of you. Yeah, and what you can yeah. what you can still do. You know, it doesn't matter if... I know a lot of people have a lot of regrets that they didn't do things earlier in their life. Um and, you know, and I kind of touched on that earlier as well, where um, I feel like I could have I could be further forward in my career, um, you know, at the age I am now, <laughs> if I'd actually just, you know, pulled my finger out and got on with things. We, we all have regrets, but you have to just think, you know, there are so many artists who didn't start their career until they were in their 40s or 50s or even older. And so it's never too late to do what you want to do. Don't regret that you didn't do it at 20 or 30. Just start doing it now. <laughs> that would be that would be my advice to everyone. Don't regret and it's never too late. It's never too late. There are plenty of people who were late bloomers and they have contributed a lot to the world. We're not all on the same path. You know, some people are going to have success in their 20s and 30s and maybe they don't have so much success later in life. And there are other people who have a lot of success in their like middle age and later years. I love that because I think of back to my school and I look at the people mm. who were around me and I'm thinking some of them had real success at that point. And maybe people thought that of me, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's again, very subjective, isn't it? To, you're always looking at what's around you and comparing yourself but then I know like later I feel like I've grown more into who I am and what I can do whereas I think a lot earlier I just didn't really have a clue it's yeah. really hard actually it's really hard because <laughs> sometimes I definitely knew I wanted to do art I definitely knew I needed to do that but it just took it just feels like it's taken a long time and I've to find that path and to find that way through I know this is how I feel you know what you can do anything at any age and you know whatever we want to do we can still do it you know there, there isn't an age limit this is the great thing about being creative there's no age limit we can just carry on and if you're 70 years old and you want to write a book just write the book 
you know, don't think I should have done it years ago. Why didn't I do it? Just write it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because now you've got all that experience you can put into that book. Yes. Yes, exactly. This is, and this is a really a valuable thing. It's so, it would be so much more interesting than if you wrote it at 20 anyway. Sometimes your, your bigger projects won't happen until later in life anyway, because of, you would need all that life experience in order to, to create it. You do. I was boring as hell at 20. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm much more interesting now. <laughs> yeah. Well, you definitely are. Yeah. I'm, no no offence to your 20-year-olds. 20, 20 no, I, I hadn't lived, you know. I hadn't experienced things and I didn't have, you know, hadn't formed opinions and ideas Maybe I have too many opinions now, but <laughs> but no, no. I think people as they grow older are much more interesting. Yeah, and therefore that comes through in their work. Exactly, mm-hmm. and you've got something to create from. You've got that well of of internal experience. Got another piece of advice: Don't be afraid to talk about money or understand contracts and the way your industry works. Because no one likes talking about money, do they? Even the people who try to commission you don't like talking about money. Yeah, and some some clients I find are very cagey. They won't tell you what but what their budget is and I almost have to then it's like yes. getting blood out of a stone yeah. isn't it? <laughs> and, then, and then when I give them I give them my quote, it'll be like, "Oh no." And I'm like, "Yeah, well, how am I supposed to know if you're not going to tell me? And you know exactly. It, and sometimes you just want a ballpark figure, and they're like, oh, we're not really sure what the budget is. Well, then you know, figure out your budget before contacting people. <laughs> but it, I can see what they mean. I mean, they don't want to maybe give all their hand to you. Yeah, but I don't like this game playing. It's like just just say, look, look, we'd like to hire you. <laughs> this is the budget and then you can just make an informed decision there's so much back and forth and there doesn't need to be I think everyone should just be upfront about money well yeah I I think the thing that I don't like is when say you have a client and what they've done is they've gone through all of the illustrators maybe they've asked the same question to and then all they're doing is really getting the price difference and so they're making they want the illustrator based on the cheapest price for them and I just find that, well, you're not actually looking at then the individual artist. I mean, do you like what they produce or have you even looked at their work? Because sometimes I feel like that. They haven't even looked at my portfolio and they all they want is just someone to do the work for the cheapest price possible. And I just think that is not going to help the industry whatsoever. But that's why, again, you need to know the price points for your industry and usage and markets and it's so important to know that so I mean I spoke about it I think in episode four about um, Association of Illustrators they really helped kind of give an estimation of what you can expect to have if you say did an editorial in a magazine full page that kind of thing they give you estimates for all of these different areas and it's just good for you to know because then when you're quoting you feel more confident that you're giving a a price that is the right price for your industry rather than say underselling yourself. I love that some illustrators are very open about their pricing in order to help other people. There are a couple that I'm thinking of who've made videos about it or whatever and um, that's I think that's really kind to share 
that information with other people because if we don't know what like a lot of people out there especially people who are new to the industry maybe they've just graduated or whatever and uh, they are probably undercharging because they don't teach you this stuff at art school as far as I'm aware and yeah and then the whole industry suffers yeah because obviously the client then thinks oh I'll go for the cheapest one but then just by them getting the cheapest job isn't going to be good is it because they're not going to really be able to pay many bills on that wage anyway um yeah for repeat business you know they might expect to get that price the same price again and then it just doesn't help does it it's just you're slowly kind of that's it you're slowly erode the business you erode illustration and industry leading on it's important to understand your contracts and money and how much things are worth because people will take advantage of you and I think I only got serious about contracts because I had had too many clients commission me to do work I would naively maybe say yeah yeah let's do that and I would think having email contact and and you know you know, an email thread of what we were doing would be enough for us both to stay accountable. But so often I would be the one that lost in the end. So I would do work. Yeah. They may not like the first thing that I give them. So they say, oh, can you change it again? And I would like, it would go through edit after edit. And then at the end of the day, sometimes I wouldn't even get paid. This is why I say it's so important to know how the industry works is so important to understand contracts, to have a contract that you have written yourself. Actually, you don't have to write one yourself. There are, again, templates that you can use, like Association of Illustrators. They have boiler templates that you can adapt and adjust. But it's so important to have a contract in place. So with any clients that commission work oh, that's good. Um, going yeah. forward from that time, which was earlier on, 2000. 12, 13, I just had enough. I was like, I cannot work in this way. I cannot be treated in this way. And it's when I stood up and said, I value, I, I value myself, what I can bring. And I took, you know, my business side seriously. Then I would start be able to um, actually have decent clients and clients who were willing to pay for my illustration. But it's not until you actually do that yourself. Someone isn't going to do that for you, unfortunately. Clients aren't going to say, oh, have you got a contract? Or have you got? Have you made sure that you're paying yourself enough? <laughs> because in my experience, that never happens. I'm, I'm the one who has to say, okay, so I'm going to be sending over my contract to you and I would like you to read it over. If you have any queries, please get back to me within 24 hours. Otherwise, you've agreed to the contract. And I call it a confirmation of engagement. So oh, that, um, that's good. I yeah. know that they've now commissioned that work. And even though it may not happen for a couple of days or a week, we have got a confirmation of engagement. It's going to start. I'm not going to, they're not going to be wasting my time. I'm not wasting their time because we're both on the same page. So yeah. I need to learn from you, Mel. This is a very valuable advice. And I think it's fantastic how you are. I think that that being very certain, you know, in yourself. Um, and that comes from being just burnt. You know, I was getting tired, yeah. sick and tired of being burnt and 
Oh, yeah, yeah, and you will be if you don't stand up for yourself because it's happened to me, yeah, numerous times. So you have to be very firm and very professional and just say, you know, this is my contract, please read through it. This is, you know, these are the terms, this is what I'm going to be paid. And, yeah, it does need to be that. I think this is a, a very good discussion for perhaps a future podcast. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) and I think you probably know more about this than I do because you obviously are more of an illustrator I am an illustrator but I'm primarily an artist who just sells my own work so I think you've probably had a lot more experience of contracts and this kind of thing than I have but I'd be really interested in hearing more about this yeah it's a really good subject I think and it one that we will do maybe in season two. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the final piece of advice, which I think, Natasha, you probably will agree with as well, and that is show your work wherever, however, get your work out there, um, whether it's on your website or um, through newsletters or emails or just talk about it, share it wherever you are. I'm, I always make sure I carry a business card with me. And it's amazing how many times I've been able to give out my business card. I've talked to someone about it and they're like, oh, what kind of things do you do? And then I can say, <laughs> oh, I've got it business card you could have this <laughs> you know this even happens to me in the post office <laughs> yeah yeah because people are going to be interested aren't they yeah. in you why have you got so many packages you've got to send out and you can then naturally talk well I'm an artist and these are and all my paintings and they're, yeah they're like oh what kind of work do you do so it's easier just to get out my business card and say this is the kind of work I do um, yeah 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 if you don't show your work you won't get work it's as simple as that. So, mm-hmm. yep, <laughs> that's Very what I say. <laughs> yeah, say to my younger self, and keep saying to myself because it's easy sometimes to forget that you've got to keep showing the work you want to get work for. Yes, mm, I think it's something we need to keep reminding ourselves right throughout our career. Really, okay. Well, I don't know how many points that was in the end but I think that is a lot of good advice there and I would love to have heard all of that advice when I was younger but but maybe I wouldn't have listened (laughs) this is the thing isn't it (laughs) when you're young you know everything already (laughs) I know and as you get older you realize that you know less and less Mm. (laughs) anyway this is true Um, so yeah we hope that that was really helpful for you guys and that if you have any advice that you'd like to share with us please share it with us I would love to hear other people's advice to their younger selves as well and see how it differs from ours because I'm sure there's a lot of stuff we haven't even thought about um, you know for ourselves so (laughs) it would be interesting to hear other people's yeah So next episode will be our final one for this season and we will be answering all your questions. Thanks to everyone who has submitted questions over on our Instagram and YouTube accounts. We've been so encouraged to hear from you and look forward to answering your questions in the next episode. If you haven't yet submitted a question and you still want to, please do, although we won't be able to answer it until the next series. We've loved being able to chat about a range of themes so far, but realise we've only really touched the surface. So do let us know if you have any burning subjects you'd like us to chat about in more depth 
and we'll add them to our season two list. And finally, if you've been enjoying our podcast, please consider sharing with your friends or even strangers. And if you're feeling generous, why not give us a review on Apple Podcasts? That way you'll help us reach more people just like you. So until next time, stay positive and keep creating.